Hey, Mr. Jason. Oh, and the little happy bell. Oh, the bell's so happy. Bell's it so is a happy, happy bell. Should I tell you? I will ask you right now. Who does we have? Mr. Craig. Oh, I'm going to tell you who we have. Okay. We have Dave Davis doing the digital dance. Does the insurance tech deep dive. Doing the deep dive. But you can't Let say that. Let Don go do that. Don't don't go do that. Wait, do Let go, go do, do that. that. We're going to go do that. Let's do, do, do that. that. Let's do that. Do it. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. What is, how, what how is up? What is up? I'm doing great. It's, uh, I've got a, I've got a fleece on in Florida, so, you know, it's, can't be all that bad. Must be a chilly, <laughs> chilly 60. Yeah, it's like a, it's a balmy, uh, I don't know, 65 or so out there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You have a strong beard. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I, I like uh, that. It's a good story behind this, this, this beard. But yes, I, it's, it's, been described as strong that's true <laughs> let's let's hear that story let's agree start with, with, a, with a beard story okay I yeah like you want to jump right into the beard story man no the yeah. beard story the beard story is that uh uh dave uh, took a year off work period uh <laughs> and uh lived on the road in, a, in an rv with his family uh traveling wow. the country and during that time uh did not shave and so what you're, <laughs> <laughs> what you're seeing now is sort of the uh I mean, the, 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 a bit more groomed version of uh, of that year. So, dude, that oh. is so cool. Okay, I got to hear the story. So, I I want to do the same. Yep. So, I well, a what kind of RV? Uh, it is a it it is it still exists. It is a thirty foot um, uh, class C. Got a couple slide outs. Uh, got a bunk bed cool. for. Bunk bed for the oldest, uh, for the 13-year-old, and a pull-out bed or a fold-out bed, whatever you're going to call it, for the little guy, the nine-year-old, and then one bedroom out uh, in the back for for the parents. And so, um, yeah, it was, dude. I I got to, it was honestly the best thing I've ever done. I mean, I really, it was wow. absolutely amazing. And if you have any, if you have any uh, uh, idea, you know, to go do it, I would advise just just go do it because it just um, go do it. You got to do it. You got to kind of get over that hump. Like, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to walk away from everything? And all my friends and my career and my life, and I'm going to live on the road. Yes, you are. If you can, if you can do yeah, it, do it. Yeah, do That's it. That's awesome. What, what did you do for Wi-Fi? Hmm. We signed up for uh, so not much. So I'll be honest with you. Part of the goals, one of the goals of the trip was also to disconnect a little bit. And so oh. uh, we had, yeah, we Tough had uh, we had Wi-Fi where we had Wi-Fi. Uh, and, uh, we just didn't where we didn't. And there was a, a few places where we didn't, but if we needed to go do something, if we need to upload a video to YouTube, for instance, right. Uh, we got very proficient at rolling up alongside of McDonald's and leeching off their Wi-Fi, <laughs> or, you know, uh, uploading something God awful slow overnight with, with Google Fi. Uh, and yeah. so it's kind of what we did on the first, we've done a couple trips, not, not quite, we've only done one year long trip. We did some, some amazing big size trips as well and we did we made, made a mistake on the one trip of getting one of those verizon uh little nephi dealies oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah and racked up a horrendous bill so i i'm not going to go that way again is that right. a striper poster on the back wall a wow. striper poster dang two in a row no Wait, one's ever know, knows who that. striper is Dude, Striper actually just i think they're playing in orlando this week it's i saw a thing on my bands in town anyway sorry yeah, but, no, but this is amazing. 
This is amazing. We've we have done now. This would be I don't know hundred. We issued a number or issued published a uh, hundred and five episodes. See, we're insurance dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we've issued, them, epi- we we've episodes, issued episodes, right. mm-hmm. and not once did anybody ever say Striper. Jason had to oh. explain, no, it's Striper, and then they don't even know who it is. Christian and Mattel. then the guest before you said, oh, it's Striper, and then wow. you come on and say, it's Striper. I got to meet that guest before me then, I guess. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> He's up in uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Right up the All road. Right. You'll probably right, cool. be driving through there. Yeah, I'm real close. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. How old are your kids? Our daughter uh, is about to turn 14 in like a month. And so going little, on 20. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, oh, dude. And the little guy <laughs> is uh, nine years old. He'll be 10 mid- midway through the year. So crazy yeah that's cool and they had to have loved that trip i know i'm harping on i know this is the insurance dudes and this is no. the last thing but well, i mean it's part of the reason why i ended up insurance honestly is that is that trip but um the nine-year-old he would tell you like if he was here on this podcast right now he would tell you man i loved i loved the trip uh jason it was awesome and my daughter yeah. would tell you uh she's been practicing her honesty right and so she <laughs> She was not, she had a great time. Okay. Preface it with that, but she'll tell you, I missed my friends. I missed my social stuff. I missed all this. Um, and, uh, she said, if I had, what, what's her famous saying is if I had a dollar for every adult that told me I was going to appreciate this later in life, I would be, I would be rich. Right. And so she got, <laughs> she got, she got kind of tired of people going, Oh, you're going to love me later in life. This is going to be such an important thing to you. So whether it is or not, we'll say, but yeah. They both had I think it will be. And I think that she's already rich because she got to do that. Yeah. She, I mean, to be like dispensed with the funniness, mm. the, 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 the cultures that I got to expose the kids to, um, you know, different, different cultures, uh, different places, different people. Uh, just the fact that they got to see all the different ways people in this world can earn a living. I'm doing air quotes. The podcast can't see it, but you know, earn a, <laughs> yeah. earn a living and, and, uh, and that, None of those um, magically were what I was doing, which was, you know, a 10 hour, 14 hour a day office job in corporate America. And so it was, we all learned, I think, a lot um, on that trip. And and the kids did get some really awesome exposure and some some culture and stuff like that. So that's cool. Wow. I, when I, I dropped out of high school and uh, so, so a girl, a girl I was with broke up with me and within one week, of it was my first girlfriend within one week i found a band to go on tour with and play drums for for okay. three months when i was okay. 17 okay Happed in a van toured around the the u.s and canada and yep. man prior to that i would you know i said you know california orange county blah blah, blah like i was you know that angst angsty youth and once i saw the rest of the 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 country and and the way people were i could not believe how much i appreciated what i have not to say one's better than the other no right but right perspective right yes 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 and i think they they did you know they did get a lot of that and uh it was very important to me right because the kids we grew up when i when i left for the trip we were up in northern california and we were in sort of you know yuppie town central uh working for a huge silicon valley technology company and so a lot of what they said, what they saw in the experience is very homogeneous, very you right. know, higher end income, very, 
you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Kind of Edward Scissorhands or, you know, Truman Show kind of look, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so for them to get to see that that is literally like the tiniest slice of how people live, you know, when you, when you look at it all was, I think, right. very important to my wife and I. So. Sure. Like rolling through a tiny town in Oklahoma or yes. Arkansas. And it's just like, wow, like real people and really yeah. nice and, and awesome and authentic. And, but, but a different pace. You know, right. Yeah, just I like, think, bam, bam, bam. Got to get there. Got to get, you know, just. Yeah. Well, and they, they got to learn as well, you know, that um, I think, and I'm not going to, I want to get too, uh, too philosophical, I guess, right off the bat here, but <laughs> you know, there's a lot of systems that are, that are established, I think in the, in the media that assaults us that are, that are, that are intending to try and convince us that you and I can't get along because we have some weird ideological difference, mm, right? Sure. When you get out in a campground and you start talking to every random person you meet, no matter what they look like or what age they are, right. guess what? 90% of the time, we're getting down. We're going to have a beer at a picnic table. We're going to play cards and whatever BS is coming at us through social media or airwaves kind of goes by the wayside. And so when you start talking to people, guess what, man? We, we get along. It's, it's remarkable. Like on TV and I mean, I don't even, we don't even have cable. I don't watch the news. Me neither. (laughs) um, But you know, when you see blips of it, it's, it's, it paints the picture of, of a world where there's two sides and they hate each other. Absolutely. Right. And you're so right. Like anywhere you go and I love to camp and I love to, you know, go out and meet people. You very rarely run into somebody who you don't like. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's yes. very difficult. You got to you know? try hard, right? You got to try hard to <laughs> yeah. find the, the person you've been conditioned to think is out there. So, yeah. Right. It's yeah. amazing. I don't so, mind the philosophy. So, Dave, oh. what the fudge, man? <laughs> Tell us. Oh, man. I, I've been holding that back. And, and, I, and I held that back from Craig, too. That's real good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's real good. Uh, so, so let me, let me explain, right? So, <laughs> I. I I will give you guys the, you the condensed version of yeah exactly how how I ended up here uh, because it is a bit of kind of a, a random right turn for me it would seem um, you know I let's say we can go way back right when I graduated college I graduated college with a degree in computer engineering and uh, I went I went fr- from University of Florida. So okay, cool. uh, my, my father worked for the space shuttle program. So we moved oh, wow. when I was very young. No we moved, yeah. So we moved from Southern Cal to Florida so that he could continue working on the space shuttle program. And I grew up kind of ish here, uh, came of age here, I guess. Um, and then uh, where in SoCal? A uh, little town called Lompoc. It's kind of south. Oh, south oh yeah. That's where Napoleon I'm, I'm Kaufman is from. Okay. The, <laughs> the, he was a big football player back in the. Uh, Sweet. Like first, I think he was first round draft pick, but but and not right. to take the story, but but <laughs> my high school played against the guy from Lompoc in the in the state championship, and Napoleon Coffin was on that team. I think he oh, was sweet. ended up going to Notre Dame, but I may be <laughs> okay. wrong. I should know that. But I he, like he racked up so many touch, like it looked like our team was just standing there and he was just like, shoot, gone, touchdown. <laughs> Anytime they, they, it was like in Forrest Gump, like hand the ball to him down the middle, done. And it was just uh, like, over and over. So I should know. I'm, 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 I'm delinquent on my sports references. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm sorry, a music guy at heart. And so, but, but no, that's, so you guys yeah. have heard of it. So that's great. Um, but I grew up there, I, I guess kind of, and then moved to, to Florida, uh, ended up going to school in Florida, graduating with a degree in computer engineering and not by design, uh, ended up back in California working for Intel um, and uh, stayed there for 19 years um, in, wow. you know, kind of the, the, the technology industry. And where, where in California? 
uh, up near Sacramento in, in, in a town oh. called Folsom, like the Johnny Cash song. So yeah, yeah, yeah they actually uh, Folsom too. Uh, the, right. the the big insurance company that um, we're a part of, they have their main area right around there. All right. right. So that's yeah the company until a year ago or a year and a half ago, I guess now that was that was our stomping ground. And um crazy. You know, uh that's where that's where sort of I cut my teeth in the tech industry and sort of worked my way up uh in the company to where, you know, right before I decided that I wanted to take this extended sabbatical, I um I was uh, acting vice president over a team of you know six hundred and fifty people managing our Uh, cloud and data center customer enabling and support team, right? So these are my customers are the guys like the Googles, the Apples, the Amazons, Microsofts, you name it, uh, Baidu, Tencent, uh, so, Alibaba. So kind of small companies. Just yeah, you know, just the little guys, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> but it was a great job. And, I, you know, the, 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 the yeah, the, the, I didn't leave. I didn't leave because the, the, the job was bad. I left uh, because... Uh, man, I just found myself on the road so much and um, traveling so much and working long hours. And I decided that, um, you know, for my sanity, I wasn't hearing complaints from my family, but for my own sanity, I had to get some balance <laughs> route. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the family wasn't complaining, uh, but no, I, uh, I, I needed to get some balance. And so, um, I ended up, I ended up going in and saying, I remember this conversation with my boss and I said, Hey, I've decided that I'm going to take a year and I'm going to go travel in the RV with my family. Kind of looking at me like, so what? Like, what are you telling me, <laughs> yeah. Dave? Like, are you telling me that you're quitting? And I didn't even, I hadn't thought it through well enough. And I'm, I don't know what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you that I'm going on the road for a year. Uh, so anyway, Intel was was super awesome, and they so let awesome. me have a year off and just go travel, right? And then I screwed them in the end and didn't come back. But that's that's because uh, I, I I found insurance uh, on on the road, which is a funny thing to say, but it's kind of not too far from what happened. You know what? Did you crash? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think it's ironic, though. You you wanted to break away and take a year off because of you were traveling so much, and then you went and traveled. You traveled. Well, here's. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the difference. So for me, <laughs> man, my my family, and I don't know. I don't know what point this happened in my life, but my family became my respite. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. when I was when I was coming back from two weeks in China or whatever, all I wanted to do was just hunker down in the house with the family. You know order a pizza and watch a movie and just kind of just yeah. be together, right? Have that togetherness. And so there was this really um, strong attraction to the idea of locking us in a box for a year yeah. and, and, and going on the road in very close quarters. And so um, part of this was about seeing the country and experiencing different culture. But a lot of it was like, I just want to steep with my family um, and, and, you know, further those connections and and my kids are growing fast. I mean, they grow fast. Right. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that we had that, that time together. So um, that's what we did. How did, how did your family respond to the idea of being steeped together? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think I got, I got to give my right, my wife credit actually, because Mm. I think it was her who finally said, you know, um, you got to make a decision. Are we going to do this? Or are we not going to do this? You know, we've been talking about it as something we might do. And we were out on a walk around the, the block after dinner one evening. And, and she just kind of looked at me and said, Hey, let's just do it. Right. Let's, let's do it. Nice. And uh, once I sort of had that sanction, I guess it was, it was on and we just started making plans from there. And so uh, my wife was amazing about it. Uh, in fact, probably was more gung ho about doing it than I was because I had, I mean, 
you guys would too. I had reservations about walking away from a career, right? Like, what mm-hmm. am I doing? I'm not going to be making. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be making money for a year. We're we're going to live off savings for a year. This is crazy. People don't do this, you know. Um, and so I had those reservations. So my my wife was probably more, you know, energetic about it than I was. Uh, my son, he kind of wakes up every day with a like like he he's brand new to the world. Uh, everything is new and exciting to him every single day. And nice. so an RV trip was, you know, every day was like, cool, what are you going to do today, dad? Just kind of happy go lucky. And my daughter went up to her, cried, went up to her room, <laughs> came back down with a, a, a Google doc, three page Google doc that she had written and printed. That was her essay on why we shouldn't go on an RV trip for a year. <laughs> oh. That is awesome. Uh, which, by the way, was very well written for a then 12, 12, 12 <laughs> yeah. year old. Yeah. Um, wow. And was, you know, nice cogent arguments and, you know, sort of like three point format with an open and a close. Um, <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was very impressed. Uh, needless to say, we totally disregarded it and went on the road anyway. Duly um, <laughs> noted. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so good. So, yeah, they, they, I think for a while, I think all of us were thinking, you know, are we really going to do this? And of course, you know, then you got to tell your friends and your friends think you're crazy, right? Of course. Um, yeah. It's and, not inside the box. Right. It, not at all. And so, um, but anyway, uh, we, we ended up, we ended up doing it. And I think, like I said, uh, I can, I, we didn't really have for being in that close quarters, uh, and being on the road in, in, in a vehicle for a year, there are innumerable things that could have gone wrong, but I guess mm. nothing really did. Right. I mean, we ended up, wow. having, knock on wood, it was the nothing that I couldn't fix broke. And, um, really any, we didn't have a lot of, you know, challenges or rough times together, uh, other than maybe some of the homeschooling with the oldest, but other than that, it was, it was great. How many States? Wow. All of the states, <laughs> except for Alaska. So we did not make it to Alaska, and we cheated by – we flew to Hawaii in the middle of the trip uh, <laughs> oh. just so we could cross that one off the list. Nice. But we had, a, we had a rule, and the rule said that you know we had, to, uh, we had to sleep overnight in a state in order to claim that we had been to the state. We couldn't just you know, drive wow. through the state. So is so, there a big map up? And you're, there wow. is actually on my, on my living room wall. My wife put a huge map. And did this fancy like Pinteresty thing where she's got little strings and pins and pictures that she rotates in and out. It's uh, that's so cool. Oh, it's that's pretty so cool. cool. It is pretty cool. So then, so you do this trip, and I mean, obviously, it's kind of a game changer for for you guys. At what point did you think, "Hey, I'm going to try a new field"? <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be well, insurance. Yeah, and it's going to be insurance. I, and it's funny because I've been now I've been doing this insurance thing for six months and everybody I talk to is like, well, I never planned to get into it. So it seems like everybody's here by accident, uh, which mm. <laughs> I know that's not true, but uh, it is kind of funny to hear that. So I'm I'm I think I can count myself uh, among one of those. So what I did, what I did on the trip is I, I knew I was going to do something different when I got back, whether it was continue to do something different within my current company, which is what I thought was going to happen, go to a different company or, or whatever. And I had a, a coach, uh, a woman who's just like a mentor to me who said, instead of trying to write down what you want your next job to be, write down the ideal environmental criteria that you want to work in. So don't say, I want to make this kind of widget. Say what you want your day to be like or your week to be like. And so I wrote down these ideal environmental criteria. And I said, whatever my next job's going to be, I'm going to make sure that it meets these criteria. And they were pretty simple. And you probably could guess based on what I said before about traveling too much, but it was basically, I didn't want to be on call any longer. My job was basically 24 hours a day. You could call me up if a data center went down, the Tokyo Stock Exchange goes down, guess what? Somebody's got to work, right? So um, 
and that that did happen. I didn't want to be on call anymore. I didn't want I didn't want there to be an expectation of being available on email, text, cell phone outside of working hours. Um, I wanted less meetings because I didn't even have any time to work or think. I just was in meetings all the time, and I yeah. wanted a, he- a healthier work life balance. Right? I wanted a place that respected the, the the prioritization and the sanctity of family time. So I wrote those three things down. I shared them. Um, and, uh, my brother-in-law who owns an insurance agency, um, this insurance agency said, dude, my, my company meets these criteria, right? Why don't you come work for the insurance agency? And I come on, man, insurance. No, you know, there's no technology in insurance. And I, I, you know, my, what I've built, uh, as a career, you know, this far won't translate well to insurance. And I said, no. Um, and then, and then he invited me to a, technology conference for insurance in new orleans that the the big eye folks put on right and he's like uh you're not doing anything you live in an rv you don't work why don't you you know i'll pay for your ticket fly here yeah Yeah. fly here and check it out and so why not i get to go to new orleans with my brother-in-law who i enjoy uh and uh i went there and i spent three days there in that hotel listening to those keynotes from from people doing technology in the insurance space and it was kind of like a head smack moment where i was like "I, i know this stuff these guys are facing you know like literally the same challenges that I've seen other industries face over the past 19 years. Uh, and what's more, you know, they're, they're, they're not as far along as some of these other industries are. They're facing the things that people were facing 19 years ago. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, well, I don't know about 19. I should be careful. I don't want to, I don't want to dog on them too bad, but you know, to, I mean, I guess the, the industry is a little risk averse, right? I mean, that's what, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And so I think, uh, I got to hear some things from stage about what, um, you know, the IA channel, what what they were afraid of, what questions they had, uh, you know, how to do these things. And I remember turning my brother-in-law and being like, hey, dude, I can do this. Like, I know this stuff. Um, I'm familiar with it. Um, there's There might be opportunity here. And so um, I'm also lazy. You guys should know that about me. I think lazy by heart. And so he said, again, well, come to work for my agency. And as I went back on, <laughs> as I went back on the road and kind of thought about, man, what do I want to do? And, and I knew I had this, like, you could go to this agency bird in the one hand, and maybe there was a bush full of other birds out there somewhere else, but I was probably too lazy to go pursue. And, uh, and I don't mean to say that I ended up here cause I'm lazy, but it really, you know, there was a lot, ticked a lot of buttons for us. And, um, right. My wife's family is all from Florida, right? And so coming here, we we got the benefit of being around uncles and cousins and nephews and grandparents. And oh, so, that's awesome. You know, we had kind of developed that family thing on the trip. And it's like, let's go do that for real. Let's, you know, move to Florida, which is kind of hard from California, but you know, mm. here we are. Uh, and anyway, so that's, that's what, that's what brought me here. And I got to say, man, it was a good decision, uh, for, for all the philosophical reasons that I talked about earlier, but also because there is some cool technology and opportunity here, uh, in the insurance space. Tons of opportunity. Yeah. So, so talk about that. Talk about, talk about tech and the two worlds and what, um, tell us some stuff that insurance dudes probably don't know that should. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, I guess, you know, coming in, I made myself a promise that um, instead of trying to form ideas and opinions right away, I would shut up, which as you guys <laughs> can hear is against my, my default <laughs> nature, right? Um, but I told myself like, hey, let's just shut up and let's try to listen for at least six weeks, maybe 10 weeks if you can. Listen to, you know, the, the producers in the office, go to a bunch of, I hit the conference circuit. 
you know, we went to mm. ITC, we went to Elevate, we went to this, that, and the other, um, which was actually really great because I got to a feel for how the industry works. And um, we went to different, you know, sort of agency, local agency events here um, in the central Florida area. And I just talked to people and I just tried to listen uh, and understand sort of what's going on in this space. Um, and I think now, maybe six months into the actual job, um, there's a couple things that have sort of popped up, you know, to me as ahas, right? Um, one is that just independent agency owners are overwhelmed, man. Um, I feel like uh, every day there's a new email or a phone call, cold call coming in trying to sell the next technology, the next best technology since sliced bread, right? Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, nine people have got your best, uh, you know, uh, uh, AI solution for marketing or, or whatever, right. you know. Totally. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of FOMO. There's a lot of fear of missing out. I think in the IA space, there's a lot of um, just sort of deer in the headlights. Like what the heck? I, I feel like I should be doing something like, you know, Joe's agency over there. They, they told me that they're using Salesforce. I don't even know what the hell Salesforce is. How am I going to, you know? And so there, there's a lot of that going on, that frothiness, I guess, going on in the IA space. And I get it because I kind of know where the industry is in its evolution. And that's, we're in that sort of wild west phase. Right. Um, but that's one thing I've picked up is that agency owners are, are, are overwhelmed. Right. Um, and to make matters worse, I think the tools that, that, that the IA channel is, is using today, the must have, again, do a podcast air quotes, but must have tools that, that, uh, agencies are using today are super lacking man. And they're, they're behind the times, right? And so you've got people who are running their entire businesses on these uh, agency management systems that are super clunky with, you know, nasty looking interfaces and, and, mm -hmm. and no real insights that they're able to give you. They're just basically a digital Rolodex that was designed, you know, 40 years ago on Microsoft Access or something like that. And so um, there's a lot of opportunity. So yes, you're feeling overwhelmed on the one hand, but there is actually a lot of opportunity to you know, sort of uh, uh, employ some new tools um, and make a real difference, I think. And so th that that kind of thing was one opportunity that I picked up on. So uh, pretty quickly, right? Uh, and then there's more sort of in the in the rest of the industry space that uh, I could go into as well. But those are the, the IA pieces that I think living inside this environment came uh -huh. to the fore for me, you know. Any interaction with captives? You know, not just to hire, just to hire away a captive into, into this agency. Uh, and so I guess when I say, so, so yes, um, in that we got very lucky and we had uh, a woman join us who had spent a lot of years uh, in the captive space uh, just recently. And so I've got to pick her brain a little bit about which, um, how that space works and captive? their tools. Uh, I don't even know if I remember the name. Um, I'd have to go, I'd have to go ask her. Is it? Anyway, I'm not going to speculate. All state uh, farmers? No, not one like of that. those. Not one of those. Um, I would have known if it was one of those. It was an acronym. Right. So, um, but anyway, I've got I've got an opportunity to ask her a lot of questions about how they did business, right, and mm -hmm. how it's different. So, what? How did you guys do your business internally? How did you do this piece? This piece? This piece? What tools did you use? What methodologies and practices did you use? Um, and then we can kind of compare those to, you know, what we do in the agency today. But I would answer that probably not a whole bunch of experience with captives, somewhere I could use more exposure to as I start to form mm. these ideas and opinions, right? Sure. Well, you're six months in, which is yeah, remarkable. Right. And, and you know, the independent space to the captive is light years ahead technology-wise. Okay. So then, you know, um, 
I mean, I've seen, I've seen the, the systems like, yeah, for the agents, um, for the, you know, I've, I've peered into state farm office before I have no, you know, don't have anything to do with them, but I, they're still running on DOS systems. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, the last time I was there and I think that it likely is cause I've heard that. Um, but it's just remarkable because I think there is that they're so, they're so risk averse. The carriers are so risk averse that they don't want to make a change. that's going to have some kind of impact and, you know, screw everything up. And maybe I don't have knowledge of legacy um, database systems, but some of these systems are so oh, yeah. old and so huge. Yes. You know, what do you do? You can't take it offline. Cause well, and then when a system like that has evolved over the scope of the, you know, the, the, the time span of like 15 years, I mean, you can imagine, right. It's like, you build a wooden bridge, you, you never fix the wooden bridge part, but you're propping it up with, you know, <laughs> right. More this and that. And the, yeah, exactly. And in the end, you got something that looks like a Dr. Seuss bridge, right? And, and that's what it looks like behind the scenes. And it may look mm-hmm. okay in the front, but if you if you pop the hood of those bad boys, um, and I've done that with, with one of the AMSs and just kind of looked underneath there and it's like, Whew, man, I mean, it, it works, but wow, uh, you know, it could be, could be really brought into the modern age. Mm. That's awesome. Hey, what, what, what advice would you give mm. to some, some new people coming into the industry? I mean, since you've had that fresh perspective recently. Yeah. You, you mean give? for people coming into the insurance space? Yeah. Or, or starting uh, an agency or yeah, just. Yeah. So, okay. A couple things. Um, Here's here's what I learned to appreciate. I remember I told you guys I was looking for these ideal environmental conditions coming to insurance. And, and lo and behold, at this independent agency here, I've found them, right? There is a great deal of flexibility in terms of work-life balance. There is uh, a good uh, sense of time management and not overusing time, you know, not, not being overbooked. There's actually time to think and do work, you know, which is amazing. I would if, if there are people coming into insurance who've never been in an industry before, they've not worked before, let's say they're new to insurance, um, it's hard not having experienced the antithesis of that to understand how cool that is to have. But, you know, my advice to people coming into to, to the insurance space is to really sort of try your best to value the fact that it is a pretty cool working environment, at least mm. the most, most agencies I've talked to, yeah. right? There's a good balance there and it's not it's not run a hundred miles an hour until you pass out corporate. Right. Um, and, uh, that is something to, to really, to really sort of, I think, appreciate and be, be proud of and make sure it doesn't die. Um, for people, let's say somebody's going to start an agency, right. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of options out there in terms. So I, you know, I have this notion that most people are going to run the business, the day-to-day business of their agency out of some sort of AMS or CRM tool maybe it's a combo of the of the two right um you got to do your research right there are i think some of those tools out there today that are super legacy old craig not much better than the dos stuff you saw when you peeked into the captive space right um and there are some tools i think that are getting there in terms of you know where you've got the 2000 pound gorillas of course right in that market space um but i think there's some some cool tools mm-hmm. that are that are out there that um are probably more functional and better suited. It's going to be one of those ROI things, those cost versus return things. Um, but I think there's some tools to stay away from and there's some st- tools to, to go with. Um, just, just walking into this office, and this is the last thing I said, walking into this office, some of the things I've seen that I got here, you know, this, this office I think is already pretty, pretty forward leaning in terms of technology, but 
you know, I already want to, I already want to overhaul AMS, our AMS. I want to get us off these legacy landline phones. I want to get us on the VoIP. You know, there's, I mean, basic, what I think of as, as basic stuff, um, but is not necessarily the case. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and okay. So for, for some older agents that are on those systems, because I think that that's the majority, um, what would be the benefit to these new things that you're talking about? Sure. So I think when we say older agents, these are my, these are my elder respected agents, right? I, I don't want to say these are, the, you know, dinosaur. I meant agents, older in the industry, of, but yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> I um, know that maybe so. That's true. Um, so I should be careful. <laughs> but, but here's what happens, right? So, and it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a surprise, right? You, you're in an industry and you have a way of doing business and then, you know, technology comes along and what you start to do is you actually just replicate the way you did pre-tech work with tech, right? And so I, I, I would bet that a lot of people today, even if they've got a, a system that they're using, uh, in the agency, they're using it much like they used much like they did their work pre-system, you know what I mean? So they got a digital yeah. Rolodex, right? It's not much better than that, right? So they, they've got a, a database in their system that, that, that tracks their client info, but they're not really getting anything out of it more than they would that big filing cabinet that used to be in the back of the office uh, because they're not looking at how they can exploit some of the stuff that you can get out of a true I'm going to call it a CRM or some kind of sales management or, mm. or, or deals management tool, right? So how are you looking at your prospects? Uh, how are your closure times on your prospects? How are you doing your outbound marketing? Um, is all that set up automated and fancy, right? Are you talking to people in the ways people communicate now, right? Are you texting with people? Are you, is your online set up to do self-service portal? The, the same kind of stuff that you're going to hear at all these other conferences is, is if you're talking about an agency that hasn't made those moves yet, those are some of the things that I think you're going to want to do because A, that's how people communicate today, right? I mean, yep. it's just the, the reality of how people communicate today, right? And B, you're going to be able, theoretically, once you implement some of these systems, you're going to be able to actually fine-tune your business in ways you weren't going to be able to do because you didn't have that insight previously, right? So you're going to be able to see that, holy crap, man, I'm converting, you know, uh, X percent of my prospects, uh, which maybe that's good for me, or maybe I want more, but it's taken me two weeks to to do this or my renewal events are taking this long and why is it taking that long and uh, how can I shorten that pipe? And so if you get, you know, you can get super forensic with it, but even if you just look at it on a surface level, I think there's insights to be had there that can make an agency run better. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even something as simple as a, a, you know, going off a landline to a voice system, right. You have a record of, you have a record of your calls. Maybe they get logged automatically into yep. your system. You can see who called when, about what, for how long, who talked to them. Um, it, it, it may sound like data overload, and I guess it could be if it was you know, not, not managed well. But man, there's tons of insight that you can gain there to kind of fine tune your business or your, uh, you know, your callback procedures or your marketing procedures, so on and so forth. Right. Well, and the analytics is so important as a business owner because you're, you're, you're in a time where that's available. So if, if you aren't using analytics to make decisions on whether this lead source outperforms this lead source, yes. but the guy down the street is, you're way behind. I mean, right. what are you doing? So you can bury your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist, but there's no way you're beating the person down the street that is using the analytics. Yeah, that, that is a, a wonderful point. And, you know, um, just to give it a, like a live example yeah. to maybe make it pop, right? One of the questions I, I, I asked when I walked in here is, uh, who's, our, who's our best referral uh, source, right? Where, where's our best referral source? And how much percentage of this 
particular niche of personal business do we do with this big company? And then how much percentage of that is shared across the other agency space? And it's kind of questions where it's like, we really had to dig into the data deeply in order to understand the answers to those questions. They were important answers because they informed decisions about what we're going to do next. That data should really be at our fingertips. In fact, before I realized that I need to ask that question, I should have a dashboard up here that I look at and go, oh, dude, I'm, you know, it's, this has taken me this long, or I'm doing this, and this guy's sending me this much business, I should be able to predictively almost act sure. on some of that data, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, Mike Moneyball, right? They, yes. they broke down the science of baseball and said, well, you could pay A-Rod $50 million or $100 million to be here, or you could pay all of these guys who percentage-wise have a better likelihood of, of winning, right. getting to home plate. Why not do it that way? Right. Yep, exactly. Break down the science of the game. Yeah. And I think what happens when you do that, when you, when you, you know, and that's Moneyball is a great example because you sometimes you'll <laughs> see stuff that you didn't see before. Mm, you, you, yeah. would, you would, it's, it's also almost counterintuitive. Yes, right. And you go, 100%. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really ever think of doing that because that sounds insane. But you know what? Hey, statistically, mm. gosh, that could work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We look at, we look at leads and, and I think that, that both Jason and I run our agencies a lot different than the, than, than some of the people in our captive space. And when we're looking at the analytics and looking at this lead source, this lead source, and this lead source, and, and I tell you, the one that I gut think would be the one that's going to perform is, is usually almost never the one that is, that is the right yeah. one. And so yeah, you and take the emotion out of it. Absolutely. You remove and, the emotion. Well, and sometimes I, I love that point. And I'm, I'm just, you know, sometimes what happens is you, the strength of your relationship biases your feel mm, for the 100%. for the lead source, right? So yeah. if I'm super buddies with with this property manager and they send me a bunch of business, I'm I'm going to naturally feel like that sure. is the strongest the partner I have, right? <laughs> right. But if you yeah. look at the data, you might go, "Oh crap! I better start having beer with this other person mm. because she's sending me, you know, 1.3x what this guy's sending, right. Me, right? And so you can tailor your, you can even tailor then your your in real life IRL relationships with people based on that data. Yeah. I wonder if maybe maybe the the insurance space is is slower to move into technology out of fear of eliminating the the agents or eliminating these people that are going to create these relationships and drive more distribution or yeah I mean I, or is it a logical fear not to you know I just riff it here but is it a logical fear right now to think that the agent is going away or yeah. You know, where are we? Because you just yeah, jumped I in. I mean, is yeah. the agent going? <laughs> well, so I mean, I, I did jump in. I did jump in, but you know, um, I sort of looking at the way different industries work with different pieces of the industries that act as, you know, let's say a contracted sales force in the case of a, the IA channel for carriers, or you know, it's it's very similar actually. I think across different industries in terms of you know what the big uh, data center manufacturers are doing by outsourcing a portion of their work to these small, uh, what we call ODMs, design manufacturers. Mm. So there's some similarities, I think, in business model across the space. I do think uh, that there is some fear in the agent space. I actually think it's unfounded fear uh, that says, um, you know, if I go gung-ho on technology, it's just going to be robots doing my job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, independent agents are, are are very, agency owners and agents, I think, are very relationship-oriented. We want to we want to talk to people. We want right. to do right by people. And so that also stings us, too, because we're like, well, you know, dang, robots going to do a better job than I could do, right? They're <laughs> not going to have a, a better relationship with human beings. And um, so I think there is some fear. Um, I think that fear is largely unfounded. Okay. My impression, 
six months in, so take it for whatever grains of salt that is, is that there may be some some programs, some portions of the business that are low enough complexity that you can automate those entirely through direct channels and okay. you won't need an agent intermediary, whether they're captive or independent. Uh, there's probably some low complexity products that would fit that mold and be able to, you know, zap it on your phone in 15 seconds. And now, you know, I've got, I've got auto insurance Renters. or something like, yeah, exists something like, yeah, something that's no brainers. Right. Right. Um, there are not, however, I don't think, and I don't, I do not think it will happen. I don't think the IA space is going to be displaced or the agent space regardless, you know, is going to be displaced for most of the, you know, PNC or even especially commercial so, stuff. Right. But you know, there's an, and, and I, you read, you see a lot of chatter, read a lot of things. I mean, isn't, aren't some of the younger folks, millennials, and maybe whoever's before, you know, that, that right. grew up with an iPad in their hand. Yeah. I mean, aren't they like almost relationship averse? Like they, they don't <laughs> care. Like, do they I, not care or do they, I don't you know. know. I mean, I, you know, that's a great, that's a great question. I guess the two old guys like us can, can, can sit <laughs> right. around and pretend we can talk about it, but I, you know, um, well, I, I do think I do think part of that is true. I think part of that is there is there is a there is a segment of people who would rather get everything done without personal mm. interaction. Sure. Uh, and I think those people are real. We used to hire those people, and it was fun working with them. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but but I do think that with a product a product like this, um, where there is uh, knowledge that there's knowledge work that has to happen, as Peter Drucker would say back from, you know, 50s management theory, right? There's knowledge work that has to happen on the part of the agent if that agent is going to do a good job for you. Um, I think that there's value there that will attract even the the interaction uh, averse people over time. The question is, how do we how do we demonstrate that that value exists, right? So how do right. I... How do I show that that value is out there as opposed to just going to the app and maybe you're not going to get the coverage that's right for you, right? And maybe you're going to get a place that's that sucks, right? And their 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 loss ratios, you know, 90% and they're not going to pay on, you know, and so they're going to go bankrupt or whatever, right? And I think that um, this is what this is, I guess I'm biased, right? Because I'm in this space today, yeah. but this is part of the reason why I say I do not think the uh, the IA channel is, is going away, despite the fact that, yes, I think there's a class of people that want to interact with less humans. So yes. the, the way, the way I think we approach that, right. Is again, we have, we have the capability to interact digitally. It's, it's a, it is not an option. You must, right. You must yes. have a thing online that says I, Oh, the, the, the mortgagee, you know, the, 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 the lender from my house changed. I don't want to call anybody. I want to talk right. to a human being. I'm going to do this at 1130 PM in bed while Netflix is on. Right. right. Gonna, and so I need a website that says, boom, my this, boom, my this. And I want to be able to do that super quick. And then if I get a text message or a phone call follow-up, that's great. But you have to be able to, I think, cater to the, you know, Uber eats mentality. Okay. Um, yeah. But I don't think that means you do that solely, right? I don't think that means that you you only have that capability. Um, but you must have it as table stakes, you know, Absolutely. the price of entry. The the perception though, and that we have to constantly unwind, and especially in the captive space, is that insurance is a commodity, right? The the lizards of the world have painted the picture that it doesn't matter, yeah. it has to be cheap, and yeah. you better just only spend 15 minutes on it. And and we're over here saying, well, spend 15 minutes, but then when you have a claim, you're going to have a situation on your hands. Right. And so there's this duality of, you know, understanding about what it is. Like we we know that there's value. I, I know that that my people out here provide a tremendous amount of value with their expertise and their licenses. Right. But they don't care. 
right? Yeah, uh, right. They don't care. Well, and I'll, so here's where I'm probably not the best guy because just if I tell you guys the honest truth, you know, um, I, I'm I I was six months ago. I was a consumer, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't an insurance guy. And to be perfectly honest with you, like I didn't. There was nothing in my head that said I should go to an independent agent instead right. of just buy insurance from whatever Google result is number one. Yep. Right. right. There, and and there was there was nothing there. There was no notion of that in my head. Now, what's interesting is I did have that notion for some reason with a local real estate agent or a local mortgage broker. Why? Why? Why did I think in my head that? Oh, instead of you know uh, you know going to. Uh, some you know 21st century office and finding whoever's serving this locality for real estate i want to find someone who knows my area or why did i say if i'm going to go get a loan instead of calling up wells fargo i'm going to go see you know who my local mortgage broker is and see what kind of deal they could get me so somehow i was conditioned as a consumer to think that you know locally owned independent was good in some aspects of my financial life but not in the insurance part of my life that's yeah that's fascinating you know I mean? but you don't see zillow and you know, these, you don't see those commercials. You see yeah. uh, the realtor right in front of the house, the lender, right. you see the, the person at the bank that helps you with that thing, but you don't see as much or, or where the marketing dollars are coming from in this industry are, is progressive Geico and yeah. you know, those guys, that's where the big spend is. Yeah. Because, but you all, you can't buy a house through Zillow. You know what I mean? You can't press a button. You, I think, you can I think now, you I can. think, actually. I can, you yeah. Can. Yeah, yeah, I think you can. Open door and Zillow, I think they're straight I'm really up. becoming an insurance dude. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you can. But here's the deal. I wish I had a, I wish I had a point there. Um, you know, I wish I, I wish I, I wish I could then say, so we should do this. I, I don't. I'm, it's actually just dawning on me now as I talk about this that until I got into this insurance game, I really didn't even think about the fact that you know, um, there could be a benefit to going with an independent local independent agent as opposed to going with some national chain. And so uh, it's an interesting conundrum. Um, I guess now that I'm here, man, I, I see the value. Right. Uh, it was it was as plain as day. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and, and in talking to other agencies, we just got back from the San Diego conference with the Independent Agency Owner Association. And yep. I talked to a bunch of different agency owners. Right. And um Everybody's got their customer's best interests in mind. They're all mm-hmm. looking out yep. for their, that's all they want to do, right? And so the, as a consumer, I think I also had this sort of like skepticism about insurance, right? I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen that Chris Rock routine. Chris Rock says in his stand-up, he said, uh, I got to censor it, but, but you know, insurance is something that I pay people money for in case stuff happens. And if stuff doesn't happen, I should get my money back. Right. Right. And so there is this, right stuff. You got it. You heard, you heard the censor. Um, (laughs) um, Right. And so, you know, but there's this perception, right. Of like, you you mentioned Craig, it's, it's a commodity and maybe Mm. in some cases even it's forced on me as a condition of borrowing money for purchasing something. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm familiar with those those misgivings as a consumer, and I think that's kind of some of the perception that that we are working to overcome, right? Right. Well, they don't have the understanding that well to pay this, you know, million dollar claim over here. I mean, it has to come from somewhere. Well, so all or microtransactions pay for right. That, right. Or nor do they nor do they have any clue, which I was actually shocked as well, as just to how much fraud influences yep. you know what carriers are willing to do in terms of taking risk and or where they put their boundaries from an actuarial standpoint on that risk right and, and so pricing, that was a big yeah. learning for exactly right 
Right. Yeah, it's well, because everybody wants to screw over the insurance company is the reason right. why it costs this much. It's like, it. well, right. stop doing that. And maybe it'll, it won't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's like so. a cat. It's like a dog chasing its tail. That's yeah. The justification <laughs> of everyone trying to screw over the insurance yeah. industry. Right. And yep. also the reason. Ah, crazy people. <laughs> 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 well, so so fu- so fudge. T- yes. Tell us about fudge. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, fudge is my brother-in-law's agency. Uh, it okay. is sort of your classic, uh, you know, true to form, uh, father to son, perpetuated agency that started about 14 years ago here in Central Florida by uh, my my brother-in-law's dad, who's a, mm-hmm. a really cool guy, and you know, pops his head into the office uh, every now and again still. But basically, my brother-in-law's uh, you know running the show. Um, and they've, they have built a really cool thing. I mean, it's about, uh, 16 people here today. Uh, not all of those are producers. Um, let's call it a little more than half are, are producers today. Uh, and, um, there, you know, I was, I was, uh, again, I came from a, a corporate company with a hundred thousand people. And so a company with 16 people to me was like, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be like going to see Cletus out back in the <laughs> sticks, right? Like I, this is my sort of preconceived notion before walking in, but guess what? I mean, it's a legit business with a profitable, you know, PL and, and a, and a fancy conference room and, uh, you know, stand up desks and everything that we had right. in, in, in the corporate world. Um, and they've done a really good job, you know, to be honest, building something that they can be proud of. Uh, and, um, when I, when I kind of walked in and asked any questions that you would walk into when you're going to try to, you know, become a part of, of a new business, um, I was very happy to see that the corporate practices they have in place are, are legit. You know, the population of the office is, is super diverse and productive, you know, uh, they're active in the community and philanthropy, uh, and, uh, first and foremost, they take care of the customers. And so, and, and they have a really cool niche that they've carved out. I say they, they, we, right. I'm now, I'm now here, but <laughs> they're really, a really cool niche that, that they work with in these, uh, some of the, foreign nationals that buy a short-term rental property here uh, or property that they then use as a short-term rental here in central Florida, which there's a ton of it. Right. Uh, And they've made a name for themselves in that space. And so there was just a lot of cool stuff um, about the agency and uh, they had done a really good job, I think, putting together a solid outfit. Um, And uh, yeah, it's so far, it's been a great place, you know. That's cool, man. So you're enjoying, you're enjoying Florida. I am. Yeah. I mean, right now, like I said, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, devil's front porch hot. Uh, we got here in August and it was, it was pretty bad, but you know, I figure I yeah. did it once in my life. I can do it again. You know, it's not, <laughs> not a huge deal, right? Not a huge deal. What excites you about the insurance? And well, like, what do you foresee <laughs> yeah. that, that's exciting? Yeah. So that's a great question, right? So uh, I have this, so I can I can frame it in in the in the um, space of this agency. Uh, so when I was in sort of uh, you know Silicon Valley tech space, um, we had I'm going to go back to analytics again because that's what I, I yes. excites me right. We had we had a we had data on everything we did right like any customer thing that came into our office we had you know, data from inception, the moment it crossed the door till when we put it to bed. Uh, And uh, I mean, fancy data, you know, moving things through steps and pipelines and all that good stuff and how long it took and what we said and who did what and 
how it resolved. And then we could go back and, and map that data knowledge base style to other problems that had come in. Cause you know, I'm dealing with problems across thousands of different spaces. Right. Uh, and we could get predictive about it. And so I just, we ran the business in a very data centric way. Um, and, uh, I'm excited about the day when that kind of stuff comes to the IA space. Um, it is not, at least for me, um, there may be there may be some agencies out there that are just blowing this up today and they're killing it, right? And they've got their data, you know, nine ways from Sunday. Um, but we are making that move. And I would bet that there's others who are in that space who are either thinking about it or, or not there yet. Uh, and it excites me to get to that space where I can show these guys what I'm, and by the way, they're, they're all in, they're ready, but I can show them on a dashboard, you know, the kind of data that I'm talking about and saying, yeah. guys, it's taking us, um, you know, why? So, uh, this, this policy, uh, you know, is up for renewal and we've got a, a campaign that sends out an email 90 days beforehand or whatever. And we do a phone call at 30 days and what's the efficacy on these things. And are we following up on leads that said no here or that, you know, how are we looking at to fill out our book? There's just tons of data that's, it, we have it actually, it's here, it's in the agency. We're not doing anything with it, right? right? Because we have no way to look at it in aggregate. I am really excited, as nerdy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love that. That <laughs> is exciting. I, I'm really excited for for us to really like grab hold of that data and make it work for us. You know, then execute on the make decisions. Absolutely, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, we have some clunky versions of of those type of things, but then you know, you have this. You're like, oh well, we missed the call, whatever. Right, right. and then it's just sort of fizzles out. Right, right. And I, I think. I think sometimes what happens is, at least me, I'm going to these conferences and they're talking about data, but they're talking about it in ways, honestly, I'm not sure some of these people know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> they talk about AI and machine learning on your insurance agency data. And I'm sitting here scratching my head going, what? I mean, that's great. Don't get me wrong. There are applications, okay? But the thing is, I think 90% of the people who talk about quote unquote AI have no idea what in the world they're, they're talking about. And they don't, they're talking about a chat bot dude that, that answers your questions predictively based on the, the questions. Yeah. You're, you're, that's not, it's not AI as I, as I like to think about it. Right. And so I think <laughs> there's a lot of confusion about people say, Oh, data can work for you. And, and then you get, you get hit with these buzzwords, you know, like AI and machine learning. And you're like, man, I'm an insurance agent. I'm just trying to sell insurance. Right. Well, you know, right. Uh, and, and that's what, that's what that's what we're trying to do. So let's not come at people pretending like you know you're 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 missing out on the terminator phase of the insurance industry <laughs> right um you know not artificial intel intelligence actual intelligence right, real intelligence right exactly <laughs> so, yeah i'm excited i'm excited about that right that's what i'm excited about are there anything do you see anything on the horizon that might be able to to produce those kind of results yeah i mean i think what i in talking to some different agencies i it's interesting to, to me to hear what people are doing right so uh, some people, I heard a guy uh, tell me that he uses his AMS only for an Ivan's inbox, right? Just to get the data back and forth through the one channel that the dang industry lets us get it, you know, pay for the access to our own data um, <laughs> through, right? Uh, and that the rest of the agency is run out of a, a CRM, right? I forget the one you told me right now, but you know, a traditional uh, CRM or sales management tool, which has a pipeline. And, and, and this has sort of become, um, I mean, 
if people listening to this don't know what I'm talking about, that's totally fine. I'm not dogging on you by saying this, but a sales pipeline in a CRM has become, you know, uh, very familiar to most people where you've got your prospects and they they turn into leads and then you follow up through your yeah. own definite pipeline and then you do this and you, you can dispatch, you dispatch everything through this very, um, structured pipeline at which points, you know, through that whole pipe and process, you can gather analytics and data. And really, I mean, honestly, it is, it is, it has turned anybody into a great salesman because the, the, the old guys, we, we used to do this too, right? When we sold stuff, we had a stack of papers on our desk that said we had to follow up with Susan and Joe right. seven days from when we last talked to them, yeah. you know, and then we would send a postcard or whatever you, this is just good salesmanship 101, but it's been codified. Right. It's been captured and it's been put into, you know, your CRMs and you can any person can now if they follow the, the, the steps in the pipeline can be a pretty dang good salesperson. And so I hear people in their agencies that are that are running their agency out of the CRM more than they are out of um, out of the, an AMS, which really hasn't evolved, in my opinion, uh, to do some of that that more. Um, salesy kind of kind of work. And uh, I think that that's. That's a big step forward, right? And so I think, and I'm not saying go run your agency on a CRM and use your AMSs and Ivan's inbox. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the more we can infect the thinking of the independent agency space with the tools that have already revolutionized other types of businesses, mm. the better, right? And is there a solution out there today that I think does all this? I, I don't I don't think so. Not no. the way I would like it to do. But there are hybrid solutions that people yeah. are using, I think, effectively. It's, it's just, I mean, it's astounding that there isn't one thing that yep. you can manage all your leads, manage your clients, have the phones ring into and, and email like have what, I mean, it's 2020. It should yep, all exactly. be one thing, not. And so we, especially us, like we have, I probably, I mean, what, 15 different systems, right. Jason, like, and right, they're yeah. all duct taped together and like, right. don't talk. Duct tape. Just, it's it's yeah, like, you're, that's zapping them. you're zapping the, this stuff into that stuff. And it's, it's the uh, bridge you described, right? It has yes. toothpicks and it's a duct tape. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, well, and it is, so, so it's, it's frustrating, but it's also, I think, um, what's really cool is that, you know, there's a way forward, right? Because we can, we can look at other industries that have made, let's look at commerce, for instance, right? And when, when, when the cloud, when the, when the economics of cloud, um, the which at cloud. the time, Right. So that's the thing is, right? <laughs> yeah, think yeah. about that. Remember, remember back in the day, though, when the cloud was just another buzzword and you didn't know what it meant and it kind of felt And no one knew it, what it was. Right. Like, you, didn't know what the the hell, you didn't know what the hell it was and you didn't, you, it was yeah. going to revolutionize everything, but you're like, what the hell is it? Right. And so, you know, you look at like commerce or, or even finance has gone through a little bit of this more than, than even insurance has, even though you could call insurance maybe a, a baby of finance. But, um, Look at look at the way commerce or even the way uh, other uh, uh, industries have adopted to use cloud economics to get services or apps or software delivered through the cloud, and now everything's tied together. And you know you got you know seamless APIs that are open source, so you can exchange data and you can stack value along that data path. Right? It's coming. It's we the roadmap is before us, guys. It's just someone's going to capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and there's people out there, I think that are doing, that are trying to do some cool stuff now, uh, from what I can see, um, maybe a year or two before we get, yeah. you know, sort of the first viable products that are contending in that space. I, yeah, says there's, my guy. there's an arms race right yes, now. I, and, I agree. But the, once they can figure out, once the carriers will allow yes, the plugging it. in of these yeah. things, which why wouldn't you? Well, so if go back to, you're, you're right. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, but the first carrier that says, guess what? We're going to plug right in. And then, I mean, who's going to use that carrier? Everyone, right? right? So, that, and, that, and that's the thing. And I think, so this is what I ask myself, like, why are carriers, are, so maybe I should ask it this way, are carriers just disinterested in like enabling <laughs> of the solution space, you know, is, or is it, is it, and I, part of me wonders, part of me actually wonders if, if there are carriers out there who are going like, man, yeah, I would, would love to do that, but I, I don't know how, or I don't have the resources to go do it. You know, I just duck creaked my whole ops, you know, on the inside anyway. I, you know, now you're asking me to, you know, open source all my APIs so you guys can pass this, that, you know, but I think that a couple, couple things come to my mind. I bet you that carriers are also looking at the IA channel and going, I wonder how it's going to play out, right? What is the balance going to be that's struck eventually between sort of direct and independent and where, how do I split my bets, right? Because as a carrier, to be, to be honest, even as an IA guy, as a carrier, if I'm not looking at direct, I, I'm, I'm probably dumb, right? Uh, yeah. Right. In, the, in those board, right? You got it. In those boardroom meetings, um, I better be looking at direct because it's high margin, and I don't have to deal with this, you know, uh, weaponized sales force of, of agents <laughs> out on the out on the ground, right? Um, so maybe maybe there's some hesitation there because they, they want to see how that bet plays out, or maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a lack of ROI in the carrier's eyes, right? Maybe maybe they don't really know what better enabling the IA space would get for them. I mean, the IA space is already pretty productive for them today. So maybe they're just not thinking that way, or maybe, maybe there's no, this, and this is kind of where I'm leaning, right? There's no one ring to rule them all here. Mm. There's no one standard uh, that uh, everybody can lock to, right? That says, well, I'm going to create this set of, 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 and I'll call it APIs for lack of a better word, but this set of infrastructure on the carrier side and the agency side that allows us to all, you know, talk to each other. And, and I know that the industry is no stranger to standards, but it feels like we're kind of, we're coming to that, coming to that time again. It's like the scarcity mentality yeah. though. It's back to scarcity mentality. Elon built a car that that outperforms everything else and he said here you go here yeah. figure it out let's save the world right yeah. i mean why not do the same thing and make it better for everybody we we all become more profitable yeah yeah it's it's a great question and maybe hey maybe someone listening to this right now is sitting in a carrier going gosh i should do that man there's money to be made and i tell you there is there is money to be made and and uh you know the first one of the things we learned back in in, in the industry um previously is that as counterintuitive, let's go back to Moneyball for a minute, as counterintuitive as it may seem, um, let me give you an anecdote, actually, it'll do better. Um, back in the, back in the, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, as data centers were really becoming a thing, these massive Facebook, Amazon, Google data centers, everybody had their own secret sauce. The computers that they built that went into those data centers were very specific to whoever was deploying it. It was an Amazon-specific thing, and it had special tweaks and this and that and the other, so it could get this many microseconds more performance or run this much cooler and not require this much power. And they all had very proprietary, very dialed-in designs to make their data center have an edge over the other guy's data centers, right? Somewhere in the, gosh, the late, let's around 2010, somewhere after there, uh, a few of these guys got together and said, you know what we're going to do? Let's open source that computer 
like the, the fundamental building block of the data center, like the, the rack. Let's open source that bad boy and let's just publish the schematics and the CAD database online. And then mm -hmm. any company in the world who has proficiency at building something can build one of those things, right? And you're like, well, why are you, why are you commoditizing your secret sauce? Why are you giving it away, right? So what they did is they all contributed their secret sauce. They came up with a spec for an open data center thing. And then guess what happens, right? The market builds that thing and the price of that ingredient comes down for everybody, right? And that rising tide then floats all boats. Everybody has great systems. And now you can focus on differentiating, differentiating, differentiating yourself uh, above the stack, right? And so mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. what needs to happen is that uh, there's got to be a, a realization at some point as we march through this evolution of technology in the insurance industry that, yes, we are going to have to at some point get a common intermediary communication layer right between the the big carriers over here on the, this side of the channel and the distribution over here on this side of the channel uh, and then all these this space of tools can come in and just unlock all kinds of extra yeah. cool value you know what i mean um hmm. and we're not we're not there yet uh, i don't feel like uh we're we're not there yet and i i don't know why that is maybe it's just not a vision that's clear at this point i just don't think that i mean i think the fat cats you know, all, all the big agencies, I, there's no, there's no real benefit to them. Like if they, if they help out all the agents by making it easier for them, where are they going to see their return? And sure. that's a hundred percent how they're going to look at it. They're not going to say, Hey, let's take a loss for five years. I'm sure that, yeah. they, you know, that the, that the board members are going to love that. Yeah. And you know, I, I do not disagree with you. I actually think you probably are right, right on the head there. Um, it's an ROI question. And I, I think that we should probably, I, I don't want to bash the carriers because look, you know, these guys, some of these guys are, are, are their internal IT operations are probably also, you know, 50 years old or whatever. And yeah. they had, they, and, and so it's not an, we're not asking an easy thing, I guess, you no. know, when we talk about this, if I'm a carrier listening, I'm going, yeah, I mean, easy for you to say, right. You're talking of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in my budget and a year of overhauling my systems that already work today. And so we're not really asking something super easy when we when we trivialize it like that. Uh, so again, what is the? How do we get everybody to the table? First of all, who do we invite to the table? Right. Right. Who's invited? Who's invited to the table? Once we're at the table, how do I make sure that what we agree upon gives you value and you value and you value and everybody walks away with some mm -hmm. value and some investment, um, such that we get something that will sort of kick that into high gear. I don't, I don't know the answer, um, but you know that's kind of where we are. Well, I was yeah. hoping that we would solve all these challenges right here on this. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I know. know. We were right. this if we close. did, we're signing an NDA. We're never publishing it. <laughs> yeah. and we're going into business. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dave, I mean, we've taken up more than an hour of your time, and 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 really, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. If you were going to give one piece of advice to somebody jumping in, and you just did, you know what what would it be? Because yeah. you've predicted that the that the job of the uh, insurance salesman is safe. I do. I do think the job of the insurance salesman is 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 safe. Um, one thing that somebody, yeah, right, what says says some <laughs> random dude who knows nothing about insurance. Um, <laughs> uh, one one piece of advice. Jumping in again. Um, use your technology, but don't use it because your neighbor's using it, and because it's technology. Mm. Use it to augment the people stuff that you're already doing, right? I am not preaching to give up the people stuff and the relationship stuff. The technology should be here to help us, not to replace us, not to make us cold, heartless robots. And so um, just don't don't fall victim, victim to that idea that, you know, I can, I can technology myself 
out of having to 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 be in a relationship what is essentially a relationship business yeah you right know? yep wow it's a tool not a right not a system you can right. drop the mic on that one boom yep yeah. We'd love to t- we'd love to check in with you since this has been the the six yeah. month mark. We'd love to check in maybe next year or six months later and see some epiphanies that you probably have by then. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. You can, it would, I, first of all, yes, I would love to do that as well. I think that would be great. And uh, I am learning stuff every day. To be honest with you, I'm sure there will be someone who emails me from this podcast and says, "Man, you got that all wrong," or you know this. Yeah. That, and that's great because bring it Try on. This. Right, and that, yeah, that's, what it, that's what I, that's what I want to hear. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it, we'll, love to. We'll put your personal cell phone right there. Yes, please. In the, uh, perfect. <laughs> right there in the yeah, and your address. You and, yeah. Right, yeah. absolutely. You can drive by the house, no problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Dave. It, it's just a pleasure to have you on, and we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, yeah, guys. Awesome I appreciate talk. it. Cool. All right, take All care, right, boys. Thanks, my man. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. So, Craig, not only are we both agents, but we talked to a ton of agents out there, and I feel like a bunch of agents have been talking about the aggressive growth goals this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what the problem is? What everyone's running into shifting their focus from service to sales and they're trying to do this quickly Mm. but where do you find the growth and how do you do this quickly they all ask right ask any agent it's not an easy task well right now there's thousands of consumers shopping online for insurance in fact jason according to a jd power study 74 percent of insurance shoppers start their search online dang i know right and you need a way to connect with them but it's tough to do on your own that's where a trusted partner can really make a difference connecting you with insurance shoppers in real time and helping drive some serious growth well you know everquote is the nation's largest online insurance marketplace with millions of consumers visiting their online sites every month they're able to connect you with people who are actually shopping for insurance not no just submitting their way. info yeah not just submitting their info to win a free ipad we all seen that one right yeah i've seen it and everquote's leads are delivered to you within seconds from the time they complete that form and one of the best things about everquote is that they're nothing like your typical lead vendor they become a true partner in your business you get your own dedicated support recommendations and insights to help optimize your results plus uh, right plus tons of best practices and guess what what a great blog and guess what else (laughs) lay it on me craig a resource center to help you with everything from hiring to dealing with common objections how awesome is that that is awesome and i don't think anyone should go at it alone with an average lead vendor heck no work with a true business partner that has helped thousands of agencies just like yours mr craig grow Mm. and right now everquote has a special limited time offer for all the dudes and dudettes out there. Did you know that? Mm, that's awesome. You know what they need to do? They need to go to the website and they can learn more about the offer and start the conversation about growing their agency now. The link's down below in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Oh, let's do. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.